Okay, here we are. We got there. Episode 20 of the Stephen George podcast. Welcome to this very special episode. Uh, I'm in lovely Los Angeles and George is in Copenhagen and we're going to have another chat. So uh, you're George, wearing you're wearing your hat with Los Angeles written on it. That's right. I'm very much uh, LA Dodgers. Uh, lest lest we forget where you are. Big, big, big Dodgers fan, obviously. <laughs> What sport do they play, Steve? Ah, well, baseball, isn't it? One of them, one of the big uh, ones. Yeah, I've been wearing this, well, I've been to New York and Los Angeles, so I've been wearing this in New York as well. And uh, You've been wearing the LA one in New York. Yeah, and they're going, oh, bloody coasters. Um, I'd like the idea more of you just switching hat for each city. You've got like an NY one. The idea of doing that in the UK, like going city to city, changing football shirts to each city you visit. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've stayed true. I've kept kept the LA one. So, I mean... Born and bred Dodger. Yeah, for now I'm a Dodgers fan. Um, But uh, yeah, we're, we're here and this is episode 20 and George brought brought this topic to the table which as you'll find out is quite interesting because he is not wholly sold on it shall we say right now um we're talking about the topic of gratitude um seems a bit seems a bit different for us george this seems dare i say a little little spiritual (laughs) a little bit good for the soul is that how is that what sort of brought you did you feel you needed to bring a bit of life to your soul well i mean it's not something i practice i'm interested in hearing so i guess it's something that you've talked about a bit more in the last couple of years right i suppose it's like a a broader topic across many people's lives like there's a lot like a trend towards mindfulness and just like mental health i suppose approaches and like self-care stuff this is one that i've certainly i guess from the work you guys do is is cropped up a bit more but it's something that i I find kind of interesting but knowing the sort of positions we have on certain you know spirituality in general maybe it's interesting how they can be aligned so it's more i'm I'm here for a kind of primer on why why you uh, maybe subscribe to this or the benefits of it for others and i'll uh, i'll just chip in some kind of slightly slightly cynical responses just to see if i can press some buttons yeah i've never i know i had to sort of uh be you know be pressed and grilled on the benefits of gratitude <laughs> on the rack for gratitude uh, yeah um yeah well sure why not let's kick off i you know i you brought it to my attention i thought first well this is going to be retreading ground a lot you know it's become like you say fashionable it's very fashionable to talk about many of these things in the wake of mindfulness movements a lot more focus on people's I guess, spiritual well-being now. I guess we, you know, do live in quite an anxious age, so people more than ever are trying to find ways to combat that. And Is, is gratitude a spin-off of this broader range of mindfulness topics? Does it come under the mindfulness umbrella? Does it come under a different umbrella? Where Good is question. It it's been around in the, in the self-help space. It's definitely been around a long time. I mean, people like... Tony Robbins sort of people from a couple, a decade or two ago have always championed the benefits of, you know, kind of, you know, Tony Robbins has this process every morning where he kind of like floods himself with gratitude, like, you know, actually makes a practice of he'll be like walking and sort of priming himself for the day and kind of, you know, just, just kind of floods himself with as much, of what he can be grateful for as possible as i understand it and there's lots of you know in the mindfulness thing you know mindfulness i guess is a bit more of a process where it's it's some kind of spin-off of meditation but it's essentially a, a similar practice of trying to not get lost in your own thoughts so much trying to focus redirect your energy calm your emotional mind focus on your breathing and kind of get into a very present energy but i think Gratitude is almost in some ways, yeah, spin-off and also partly a route there, I guess, in some way where you can bring back your focus to say what you're grateful for in this exact present moment, for example. Um, You know, even just down to, you know, tracking how you feel in your body and you can be grateful. Like even just 
inducing a feeling of gratefulness, say, as you're doing mindfulness and taking every breath. It's like when you when you, you know, say just, um, doing mindfulness, I'm kind of air quoting. What what does that mean? Well, so 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 like a a classic mindfulness practice. There's different versions of it, but a, a classic mindfulness practice might be just literally one of trying to you know with every breath just completely focus on your breathing and stop you know you're going to have these thoughts continually interrupt and try and bother you your your general thoughts and your your aim is to just almost watch them pass through and observe your emotions instead of in, instead of sitting there for example and going oh what's my to-do list for today oh, I've also got that thing I'm stressed about. That That's just sitting and thinking. And I guess mindfulness is the process of calming and not thinking. Um, okay. Actively almost, yeah, trying to lose lose the process of normal thought. But, um, but yeah, so some people do do it with a kind of gratitude meditation as well. Um, and I, get, I think for me, it's not so much always a meditation as a way I think one has to live, but I think there's a there's a complexity to it because I so so to give some context I actually give talks at our retreat that I do on with my brother Matthew Hussey we do these retreats for 6 days where we take people away to Florida and do all kind of aspects of their lives and one thing we do in the morning each morning is a gratitude session and we do it on different parts of your life and the one I do is I do one on the present and then I do an a second day where I do one on being grateful for the people in your life. And it's kind of a way of reconnecting you with things you already know, but I guess you don't really have to the forefront of your mind. It's trying to bring that acti- actively to the forefront of relationships that, with people you might love, but even get frustrated with, or you you forget to appreciate, or or even one's relationships. This is where the meditation goes, is a relationship even that frustrates you and someone that causes you conflict and even pain, it's like, could you even feel grateful that that person is in your life? Could you feel grateful for the things you've learned because of them, for the things you've maybe even learned about what you don't want in your life or, you know, and, and it's like, you could be grateful for the lessons and then even be grateful that that person's there. Even if that person is someone you don't consider a great part of your life. Do you know, you know what I mean? And, um, and so it's kind of, it is a stretch sometimes because it's not, it can be easy to feel grateful for all the good things, but there's also, can you feel grateful for the negative things? And can you, you know, I, th- I think with Stoic philosophy, there's this idea that even the things you think are obstacles and trials right now, that thing you're thinking about that's really difficult, what if that was a good thing? And what if that was actually you could see that in a positive light. How could you re we, we call this reframing. And I, I, for me, it's one of my sort of personal, I don't think there's a secret to happiness, but I think there are, there are several, but I think one of my secret tricks that I'm constantly find myself using is anything that su- if I suddenly get a piece of bad news or something that suddenly comes up, that's a problem, I'm missing a deadline or this person's frustrated or this person just quit or this person's upset it's like how is this an opportunity right now how is this a potentially good thing and I think I got that from my dad initially actually because my dad is someone who just doesn't seem to you know doesn't seem to feel stress a lot my dad he doesn't nothing seems to particularly hang on him for too long you know Mm. I've never seen my dad sort of down about and I've seen my dad go through many failures but I've never seen him wallow or be particularly down about them even when things are pretty damn challenging and he does have this strange way of being able to quickly reframe something as okay right what's the what what what's the why is this a good thing what's the opportunity about this or what's the why is this perfectly okay and um or even just like, well, what do I have instead? Um, so I, I guess think I've always I've always been open to certainly like putting a positive spin on things, right? Or um, yeah, the re- the reframing thing, like how can you make this an opportunity? I think my worry, possibly with the the idea of the gratitude thing, is I know I know you don't mean it in that way, but I I get slightly like sort of um, 
sort of pseudo-religious or associations with it that I'm kind of worried about that maybe we can pick up on later. But the other thing is it possibly feels a little bit kind of middle-class, developed world indulgent. And is it is it only for certain people to be able to, you know, reframe, you know, oh, I missed a deadline. Well, that probably means you've got a job and, you, you know, you've got things going on. If you don't have anything going on, you know, like who – who can actually apply this is it you know it's um i don't know is it like a slightly commodified commercialized approach to to positivity i'm not sure well i think there's um it's yeah it, it it's it's interesting right because you could easily i mean in one sense is it in one sense you say well if if things are bad and the chips are down, that's when gratitude is the most important because you've got to be able to find where things are good even when everything seems bad, right? Because it's often the case that it's rarely the case that ev- absolutely everything is bad. It's just it's just often it feels well, in, the, in the developed in the developed Western world, yes. But I guess sure. billions of people don't have that advantage, right? Yes, I. Uh, that's true, but I guess you can at least, you know, in in me- in most situations, I guess there's a way to say what's what's worthwhile in my situation right now. Where should my focus be directed? Where mm. can it be directed? And I, and I think I think it's maybe the word positivity and, and focusing on the positive that can that can create that irksome feeling because it can feel like well you're not going to feel great about a situation. It's you're really not interesting that you say that because my negative response to it, if I do have one, comes sort of from the opposite. I think it's the thing I, that gets my back up slightly is like being thankful for the things you have. I think seeing an opportunity in something bad is kind of looking forward to something you don't have and giving yourself an avenue to pursue. But, oh, be grateful for what you have. I find that's the thing I find a bit difficult because, well, if you don't have anything, you don't, you know, a, a future opportunity is only uh, something to be grateful for if you deliver and can follow through on the opportunity, right? It's, oh yeah, you know, be grateful. I, I certainly, I'm, I lost my job today. That that sucks, but I can spin it because I can go and get a new job or I can, you know, pursue that thing I wanted to do. But I don't think I would be grateful that I lost my job. I'd I'd frame it for a forward forward-looking opportunity maybe it's that that being that's where the the slight religious thing comes into it and I, I think probably on record that you and I are not religious men and um having that kind of feels slightly subservient maybe or slightly like deferential to something outside of yourself and I find that difficult is it is it a kind of inward narrative when you're talking to yourself about this or is it a kind of external directed at some external like i don't know mystical is the wrong word like a, a greater a greater good than yourself is it directed out or is it just an internal focus yeah i um yeah it's interesting i think it's you know certainly for some people there's there's a kind of you know that's what they consider their spiritual side is they have some kind of there is some kind of submission to like there is a whole I don't want to say any, I don't want to say will to the universe, but something like there's a will that's outside of my control. And in some senses I am just submitting to that and being okay with whatever, whatever will come. There's certain things that I'm just never going to be able to control. And so I'm going to choose to be grateful for Mm -hmm. those things. And, um, actually the, I think the Stoics did have a word that that, uh, they they had a term for this called Amor Fati, which was Mm -hmm. like, love your fate and i think nietzsche talked about it about it, you, the idea of of um because i think seneca wrote about this because he had sort of had a a big downfall where he was cast out and exiled and the idea of amor Fati was like like you don't control all these things and fortune can be a wheel where it goes up and down so so love your fate whatever it happens to be and almost almost just just appreciate that position like sometimes it's up sometimes it's down and I guess there yeah I I guess it can feel like to to go back to your is there an external dimension I see it as more 
just kind of confronting the realities of existence and saying, well, you know, to me, it's just a universal truth that like the universe is harsh. There's many things you can be, you can be upset about. And there's many things that will upset you. Um, and that's sort of, you have to make peace with that inevitable part of the world. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's sort of, it's deciding, it's not so much a resistance against that. It's a, it's a decision that if I'm going to live in, if I'm going to choose to live in some way, I, I can't choose to live in the way where I get rattled and broken every time the universe does something I saying the universe, but you know, I don't think the universe has some uh, divine will, but agency, but you know, every time I'm thrown into disarray and chaos and things are bad, I can't, it can't just collapse my internal state every time because the world is like that. So I'm going to be in trouble if that is allowed to just affect me all all the time. If I'm dealing with unreasonable people, if I am, you know, certain unforeseen tragedies happen to me. And it's choosing, to me, it's actually selecting, okay, how I'm going to make my way through this world is in a state where I actually, I learn to take stock of all the, the, the things that I do have that, call, that give me comfort and well-being and bring love into my world and kind of actually constantly remind myself of what they are so that I have this kind of force field around me that lots of things don't, not everything starts to affect me then, you know, because. So is it like creating a kind of like a baseline of what you have almost like, well, I know I've got parents who love me and I have my health so I can roll with the punches. Is it that, are you like, are you affixing your gratitude to the kind of touch wood kind of stable things and that was an awful bit of superstition for me there but like the stable things in your life you're kind of rooting them are you and then everything else is on top of that like that's the the consistent thing you're grateful for is that how it works yeah I think it's taking the baseline of happiness and bringing it down to a level that's not you know I think so many of us have a baseline for happiness that's already way if you look at it like a high jump it's already like way above what we can leap and right. so some people are like, happiness is if I can leap three times higher than I already can right now. And I have, I have all these things that I'm dreaming of in my but head. They're future goals, right? So they're not, um, I suppose the best you can be grateful there is the opportunity to pursue those goals. If you, if you have that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but right. So even take that, right. There, there's, there's a sense where being grateful might be being grateful for the striving itself and being, you know, if I, if I want to, you know, I spent the last seven months working on my body, as you know, as we've discussed in this podcast. And, um, yeah. And, and I, de- I definitely realized this, you know, this thing of, it was really exciting as I was um, losing weight and my body was getting better and it was great feeling, but it's, um, it's also once you are in the result, it's not, it's not quite enough on its own to justify all that work. In some ways you have to, you, cause the result is good and it's fine, but it doesn't like, you're not suddenly a rock star and your world's different. You, you have certain benefits and, and health benefits and stuff and you look better, but you're not, you're not suddenly a different person. So it's almost like you have to be appreciative of the very small the small victories and even sometimes just a victory that you're, you're actually putting in the work. You're actually doing the things that you said you would. You're maybe just keeping a promise to yourself today that you said, I tried today. You know, it's not, Mm. it's not about, it's not where I'm, I'm going to feel happy in three months when I have that. It's like, I, I did the work that was required of me today and I'm going to feel grateful for that. On that, on that topic, just this kind of related, I read a really interesting article about how people who go through like really extreme weight loss um, have like a much higher rate of divorce or ending of relationship. Um, because, really? Yeah, because it leads to so many kind of, I guess, additional social opportunities or when you say you're not a different person, I think at that level of extreme kind of body 
transformation, people mm. actually really do change their personality because they might go from being you know, very closed off and inward looking to being suddenly really outgoing or confident and outward looking. And maybe the, the partner that they had initially had a connection with them on a different level or potentially even like a codependent relationship of some form. So it was like quite a statistically right, right. significant difference in the rates of kind of breakup or um, like potential future relationships. But that, that's sort of like, you know, I think that was people who have like bariatric surgery or a gastric band. Well, I could also definitely see that if you were already with someone, you yeah. definitely, if you drastically changed your habits and they don't come with you on that or something, it's definitely going to create some big disparity that wasn't there before where, you know, either there could be resentments or there could be just a feeling that you're pulling away. And, you know, that I can see all kind of ways that would upset the dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but that's the thing. I don't want to discount. I would never discount, you know, cause some people go very far on this and, and if you go further, it's like the Buddhist thing, right? If you go far enough on that idea that you could just feel, you know, I could just feel perfectly grateful and enlightened and at pure peace. If I could reach that state right now, sitting on the floor in my room, it's like, well, why bother? Why bother with anything? If I, I mean, can even access when we those... about minimalism, right? Like stripping, you can strip things back and still be, you know, a really great level of happiness. All the kind of additional things we add to our lives don't add to that part necessarily of happiness. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like if I can if I can sit in a room alone and say never have a human connection and be perfectly serene or reach a certain place where I'm just completely grateful for a very aesthetic existence, it does make you beg the question: Well, is human striving like is human striving a waste of time? And I, to me, it's to me it's the limitation because I can't subscribe, you know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm too Western for an extreme form of Buddhism, but it's to me there's something valuable lost in a life where you're not stretching your capabilities in some way or your potential that, that comes with basically being in the foray of striving, human drama, trying to solve problems, trying to you know even solving the problems of relationships and friendships. It's like those things to me are not only pleasurable and they're not always pleasurable but it's almost almost like it's almost like that's what i'm here to do is to solve difficult things mm. see this i think kind of you, I, but i agree with you so much that that is like the innate part of what where and how our happiness can be generated right like the process that we go through but it's the thing that makes me think that gratitude is not really like a universal human I don't know, not a necessity or trait. It's like, that's a very like a word I don't often like to use, but like privileged sort of Western centric, you know, middle-class centric, educated centric outlook. If you're like, you know, living in a, I don't know, sort of a desert covered in flies and you've got a terminal disease and you don't have any food and you're in a famine, it's, it's very hot. I mean, it's not really something that you can even be mindful of to to think about you know it's i think i'm worried that it's it's kind of an innately like solipsistic slightly selfish is the wrong word because that comes with some like malice and i don't mean it to be malicious but it is it that you feel do you feel there's some like some kind of self-satisfaction about it or do you feel it's it's because you're projecting your yeah, comfortable not, life not in a everyone, way no I but is it where you like no, but is it that you feel like if someone in a middle class existence is being like, well, everyone can have something to be grateful for, there there's a sort of there's a sort of smugness to that that is not true for I mean to a degree. I would say that billions of people in I mean billions of people in the world live on under a dollar a day, right? There's I don't yeah. know, I'm not saying like you don't have anything to be grateful for at all. That's not what I'm saying, but it's like it, it feels like a very oh, well, I've, you know, I've got my family. It's like regressing it back to all these great things that I have as a kind of baseline. That's still an incredibly sort of, you know, fortunate and privileged thing to have. I, I'd, I'd always sort of strive for positivity and kind of forward-looking, opportunity-seeking. But I think that in of itself is like a kind of fortunate Western condition or developed world condition. But many, many people don't have, have that opportunity. Um, 
And then I, I just think, like, well, I, I could get just hit by a bus tomorrow, whatever. It's the, it, it, I, being grateful for what you have, it can just change in an instant. And I think there's something about it, it feels like you're thanking something outside of yourself. And that's something that I, I'm often quite loath to do. Not to say that everything I have is because of what I've generated, but it's kind of. But do you not it's even in a dice roll? It's a dice roll that I, I kind of find it hard to be grateful for something that's just well, sort of by accident of birth I was born in in this sort of time period when we have you know good health and hygiene and we live in you know parents. But, but why? But why couldn't you be grateful? Why is that not something to be tremendously grateful for? I, I mean, I'm I'm aware that I've lucked out, but it's the kind of thanks. I know I've I've lucked out, but I know that so many people haven't that it kind of renders my oh well you know I I got away with it. It sort of renders that as a bit moot for me because I know <laughs> that so many people don't you know or, or don't have the opportunity to think that. Uh, I mean, it's just because it's sort because it's kind of like because kind of like saying like I can be I can be grateful that I was one of the trillions of sperm that made it and became a person there's still lots of unfortunate sperm that never became a person, but I, yeah, it's, it's like I, that is an extraordinary thing to sort of think. It's not that there was some divine will that led me to it in my opinion, at least, but then it, I can, I can just feel, I can just feel some kind of great glow of like, wow, existence is a real privilege that I get to enjoy and that's special and I should have some appreciation and I should kind of feel, I should feel a kind of warm glow at like I got a chance to be a person. But your existence it. is right. But many, I guess many people are born into sort of great suffering, sort of terminally ill yeah. from birth. Nothing, yeah. you know, a, a kind of vicious but cycle in, of struggling. That I, uh, but yeah, in I, a way, doesn't that, doesn't that validate why you should feel grateful in a way? If, if that's so much not been the norm for many people in existence, do you not, do you not feel that, like I think that's well, why I should, I, then, I should yeah. then find a way to to connect with that, you know, connect with that luck sometimes. I understand. I understand that point completely. But then I'd, I'd be worried that it becomes a kind of high. I mean, some people can be more grateful than others, right? Like your life's great, but people have better lives than you. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's the. I'm all for being positive, having a positive and kind of forward-looking outlook, but it's the that I'm going to be thankful for what I have. I, I don't have a, I see it as a useful thing, but I think comparing it to others, it becomes, it becomes a difficult thing for me to, to get on board with, I think, because just so many people don't, maybe don't have that opportunity or it's, just, it feels a little bit, a little bit indulgent possibly as in framing, framing that look of, oh, well, you know, thanks to all these things that I have just so many people don't have them um but I yeah and, and I I get that instinct and there's definitely like yeah there's definitely an in, well in some ways like in some ways gratitude leads you to want to alleviate other suffering because if you feel like like that's the whole the whole movement that is the um effective altruism movement essentially stems from an impulse of people like philosophers like Peter Singer and people like that who, you know, they've written whole papers to say we live in basically an extraordinarily um, over-abundant culture where we have more than we need. And in some ways, gratitude could lead you to think, well, I do have, you know, contrary to the idea where I have to acquire more and more and I don't have enough, actually I have much more than enough and I should work to make sure everyone has enough and you know a lot of people like will mccaskill and people who you know make a lot of those persuasive arguments say that we should all contribute a lot more because we have we have more than we need and i think that impulse can only come from that impulse can come from a feeling of connecting with how incredibly thankful you need to be for where you are because if you don't feel that in some ways your your instinct is going to be 
I don't have enough, so I won't I won't give to anyone else because I I need more. Do you know? What I, I, mean? don't, I don't know. I I, I agree. In some I agree ways, with the first part of what you said there. I don't agree with that. Just because you don't practice gratitude, you're not. A, you're therefore in a state where you're going to keep hoarding, you know, and sort of ring fence yourself off from others. I I think. I don't know. You could you could very much have the attitude of oh well you know bit of a crapshoot. I got lucky, but he didn't. Well you know it's a complete roll of the dice, and I'm still going to spread the wealth. That's not. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's the date like the daily sort of performativeness of it. It's more like if you don't subscribe to being part of a an omnipotent, omnibenevolent gods kind of plaything, then it's just like well, it is what it is. There's no there's no. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it, it just brings out this sort of maybe slight apathy in me that I, I'm finding it a bit hard to articulate. And I, yeah, I, I, I think it's, it maybe comes because I feel it's slightly, it's slightly similar to a, a lot of maybe, the, yeah, theistic arguments that I, I don't agree with or subscribe to, you know, like, or maybe God works in mysterious ways or, you know, like count your blessings because, you know, it's all part of God's plan or whatever. I, I see a lot of the articulation for why gratitude is important. It's often similar for why people have a faith that I don't and can't really relate to. And um, mm. I, I certainly see it as maybe not slippery slope, but like you say, it's it's from a kind of a Buddhist world, which isn't in the same sense theistic, but there is, there's just a little bit of overlap with a world that I have, very little um, purchase in or engagement with kind of pulling together. Do you not feel that sometimes? Do you not feel that maybe some of the arguments for it overlap with things that you would never make an argument for? Um, I I don't... See, for me, my arguments come from, you know, I, I find gratitude genuinely without... And I'm not, you know, I have no reason... I don't have a dog in the fight either way. I just know what makes me feel better Mm-hmm. in my own life and i know that for me it's some i've used it enough now that it's almost a subconscious tool the way i try and assess every situation is to kind of start you know when, when something happens i try and bring it back to like okay what have i got that's great and how do i feel e- even in quite things that do seem quite pampered and privileged or trivial where i just realize i'm focusing way too much on things I want and things that I don't have yet. And I realize like I'm choosing right now to feel negative, to feel lack and negative emotions, whether it, whatever, all those negative human emotions it might just be, um, yeah, whatever, like you, whatever jealousy or envy or a need for this, or I, I want that thing or that person or whatever. And you realize, um, you know, that, if I don't connect with gratitude enough, I'm just going to become this automaton that's constantly seeking the next thing because I'm not, I'm not appreciating the things I have. Whereas it's like the reality is, Oh, there's loads of things right now that I could feel really good about if I focus. So for me, it's like, it's a pragmatic decision more than even some kind of spiritual high minded one. The, The pragmatic decision to me is always, looking at the facts of existence and for all human beings, which is, you know, the, the reality of the world can be very harsh and we're all going to have good and bad things befall us over a long period of time. And so we're going to have to make peace with that. And then it's, we're also constantly striving, you know, human beings are creatures that constantly strive for more. We're always assessing ourselves relative to others. Uh, whenever we get something we get used to it and so we start to think we need something more and so it's looking at those facts for me and saying how am I going to make my way in a state an emotional state I want to be in where I'm not just constantly led like a dog by whatever I happen happens to that day and however I what that now I want that shiny object so I don't feel good until I have that or I just lost this uh, amount of money so now I'm have to feel terrible about myself or feel bad because, you know, we, we all have a loss aversion. So when you lose something, you feel terrible, but it's, to me, it's a pragmatic thing of, I can choose, I can choose how I feel essentially. And gratitude is just a way of, it's only a way to me of tapping into something that you deep down understand, but you don't, 
you're you're not connecting with your emotions right now because your emotions are just leading you to I had broke up with that person and I'm heartbroken or this happened and that's all true that's all going to be there you're not going to have a sudden you know cure for that but it is a kind of band-aid I think when those when those difficult things happen it just helps me a huge amount to just say like okay I should I should be grateful that I'm healthy in this moment and I should be grateful that I have the opportunity to do this work even though it's difficult and hard or whatever or you know be grateful for what gifts I do have even if I'm lamenting the ones I don't um I don't know if you're seeing a spirituality there that I'm I don't quite need see as necessary to Mm -hmm. it I I I do, I I think, you know, spiritual is such a weird word. I always find it just constantly, you know, it it gets so, it gets so kind of intangible when people start pointing to, when just people, when start people using that word spiritual, for me, it's like, it's more like an emotional practice, but Mm -hmm. uh, I guess there's something to, there's something to looking, no matter what your, what, what your religious or, you know, worldview is, I think there's a, something to connecting with the fact that you're a very small piece of the whole pie. You're very insignificant in the grand scheme of things. I guess that's what gives comfort to a lot of religious people in some ways where compared to God, you're very small and, you know, the world is bigger than you are. But, but I think in some ways anyone can connect with that feeling of being, I'm just a very small, very lucky by whatever providence I'm here and experiencing this now. So I'm just going to connect with that feeling instead of all my very minuscule little problems and little things I have going on in my tiny world. Actually, in the grand scheme of things, they're not terribly important. So I'm going to choose to focus on being grateful for the gifts I have. Um, so in some ways, to me, they're they're where you see grandioseness in some ways I can see a diminishment of the self where you're just kind of realizing you're, you're not particularly special. And so that's something it's like, Oh, well, well, you know, you're, you're able-bodied and you're healthy. And if, you know, and it's just, it's like people go, well, yeah, but it's easy to be grateful then. But I think I've seen, I've seen incredible stories from, um, there's an incredible book called, um, uh, I think it's called The Little Big Things by Henry Fraser. And he had like, he he's a young guy still. And he had this terrible accident where he, he just dived into the ocean and on a holiday and it was really shallow. Mm-hmm. And he like paralyzed himself like instantly and was taken to hospital. And he... he He's still act, he's active online now, and he wrote this book, you know, after being paralyzed. And um, he he kind of had this way of connecting with the the things he still was able, even just as a you know as a human, what he was still able to do. And he you know he extraordinarily found a way to paint even in this condition and to be able to express himself. And it's like that's that's a terrible situation you'd never wish on anyone, and it's it's unthinkable to us how we would get through the day if it happened. But, you know, he, in some, he's found a way to connect with what he, what he can take from that experience and how he can use it to some kind of positive force. So I, I think, I think people even in extreme circumstances can, you know, cause you can choose when those things happen to you to go into an extremely dark place. Right. And it's just, yeah it's kind of a pragmatic and you might feel you might be very justified in feeling like you've been done a terrible turn um by fate or whatever but there's definitely some there's some kind of bravery to me some kind of heroism in choosing to connect with what you can in that experience and use it and i i'm thankful i've never had to face that that decision of having to deal with that scenario but but it does at least prove that there's a way you can if you know what I mean even in circumstances we consider terrible um yeah I I definitely I I'm like a hundred percent on board with sort of positive thinking and the kind of 
a, a forward-looking attitude or kind of making the best of a bad situation attitude. I think it's absolutely the most kind of healthy approach you can have. Um, I think, I guess the way the way you're explaining it sort of frames what you're talking about as a slightly different beast to what maybe I see it as, or often it, it's kind of this, just like often a fairly trite performative process that plagues social media, for example. And I think right. there's, there's often just something very, uh, it is, it's very sort of self, self-serving, mm-hmm. slightly self-satisfied. And I, and I, I, yeah, I do think a little bit solipsistic because it's just like, well, this is my life and I, I'm not mindful for want of a better word um, about the sort of the issues that others face. And I think in that, I think the way you're framing it as kind of, I don't know, like um, articulating, uh, I guess, like opportunity or, um, yeah, just sort of, um, yeah, zoning in on on the good is is something that I'm all for and kind of just in it's putting it under that umbrella, I think, giving it a name and giving it a kind of um, almost a movement that comes with it is when maybe it gets my back up. I'm kind of thinking as I'm speaking here because I haven't really got a got a specific position, but I think it is, yeah, maybe unifying it around a kind of movement is in many, many ways the same reasons that I might have, have issues with different sort of religious approaches and, um, and that, and I think when it when it's kind yeah kind of individuality is then shepherded into a kind of group experience is often why I why I struggle with the religious and sometimes maybe I see I see the kind of gratitude movement more broadly as a as a bit like that but on an individual basis as you're articulating I I mean it's in kind of how I would have my own outlook already I I feel that I'm maybe less this is what i have but more i i think i probably limit myself to if something bad happens take the positives and look that way yeah well uh, in some ways this discussion is ironic because you are quite you are pretty good i'd say at not you're not a complainer when things go wrong and you're actually quite good at saying well you know yeah i I think you're someone who who doesn't like to you know, you're not, you're not a moaner about your situation. You know, you're very much a sort of, I'll find, I'll find the good or the opportunity and sort of cracking on that. Like you have a, I'd say you probably come at it from more of a stiff upper lip English angle in some ways than a a Californian mindfulness. Yeah, possibly that. I I think actually you saying that's kind of made me think of another point where I've probably kind of maybe just the word or sort of historically in my life associated gratitude with, sort of things being done for you by other people or receiving kind of gifts or I'm really grateful that my parents did that for me. Whereas it's the idea of just, it's that, that question of is it inward or outward looking? It's like, if I can pinpoint the things to be grateful for to a kind of a very set clear cause, I, unlike, I wouldn't be grateful that I was the one of 9 billion sperm to make it, you know, that's not something I'm ever going to sort of say, Oh, Thank, thanks for that you know it's it's something that's kind of it's just like a you like take a, more of a sophocles uh, angle that it's the it's better to have never been born at all exactly exactly <laughs> that you know what? it's like i'm really grateful that i can appreciate the things you do for me as a friend right like i can pinpoint that and i can see the agency that you have to sort of actualize and it's like oh he made that decision to do that for me i really appreciate that but just i've got 10 fingers and 10 toes it's like oh I've got them. Other people don't. That's it is what it is. I, I think maybe the accountability of gratefulness is something that makes it harder for me to broaden it out in the sense that you're talking about, whether it's in like an aggrandizing way or a minimizing way. I think that maybe is where some of my, my anim, not animosity, but um, hard. I find it slightly harder to get on board because it's probably the way I've framed that phrase potentially. Yeah. I, uh, I think it does come. The problem is with something, because once you say about, I understand what your, your beef is when you see people, you know, 
posting about their great lives and being like, hashtag, I'm so grateful and that sort of thing. And, and there's a kind of, because I think what happens is you understand that the person's intent in some of those cases is not, is not really grateful. It's more, it's more, Boastful. isn't my life, isn't my life damn amazing. Yeah. I want other people to, to rue the fact that their life isn't as good as yeah. mine. You're not on a beach in Thailand right now. And I am yeah. like, I'm so grateful and that it's, it's almost the same as the, you know, the bloke showing his private jet or something and being like, hashtag stay, hashtag like humble, like keep mm. it real, whatever. And you're like, well, anyone who is actually humble would not want to flash their money on Instagram or anything like that. Or anyone who is actually, you know, felt that wouldn't. And so in some ways, the some hashtag, people, the hashtag blessed is one that I, I, I do really, I do really struggle with that one. It seems like a, yeah, when it's like appended to something that is like monetary or sort of consumerist, it's like, what's a strange way for a deity to apportion blessing? It's like, <laughs> maybe spread some of that love, you know, at a food bank or something. It's like, oh, give it a rest. Yeah, well, I, I don't like it when it's implied. I don't like it when it's implied, well, oh, my life is, be- you know, that's why the law of attraction thing is so abominable to me um, because I think that, I mean, that's so insidious because even unlike, you know, certain religious teachings, as I understand them, at least teach, well, sometimes God does good and bad things and you can't really, you don't really get a say in that and you have to sort of accept what God's plan is. But the law of attraction is, it literally says your actual positive thoughts are being sent out to the universe and you're getting reciprocated what you think and feel. And I think like there couldn't be something more condescending and insulting mm as if swathes of people have other are responsible for the good and bad things that are happening to them that are complete random acts. Well, that's just like confirmation bias sort of um, built into a yeah, sort of like sloppy been, book, right? It's like, because the, the examples cited are the people who, who invariably have succeeded, but they are, you know, again, they're like a, a grain of sand on a beach, aren't they? Well, yeah, and it's... it's um, but it's it's so sort of I the solipsism of of then because because you know these people aren't a minority either. I mean, there's law of attraction followers by the thousands, if not tens of thousands mm. or more. But um, and they you know they just say like this happened, and I was thinking about that. So law of attraction, or they go well, I've been putting this out there, and you just think so. So you're so brilliant that these gifts are coming to you because you, unlike the rest of us, have been putting the right energy out. Yeah. So yeah. So in some ways, there's a weird attribution attributing of I deserve like this is my reward for doing that, and that's why I, I cannot stomach. And so for me, gratitude is is to me the opposite, at least as I perceive it, is where I'm I'm just saying this is you know I'm an incredibly lucky sentient creature who happens to be here and happens to have uh, mum and dad. I love and who have cared about me or people who have made sure I've got to this point or whatever it is. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, that is, that is incredible, incredible fortune that those things have happened. And I, I will feel better about my life if I connect with those. And I just know the human, yeah, the human condition is just to go to immediately what we don't have. And so it's like, you've got to find ways, right. Of combating the human condition because the human condition can so much tend us towards misery and towards dissatisfaction that yeah to me it's just like what what suit of armor do you choose to put on in the morning and it's like gratitude is kind of the armor i choose to at least put on and i and i wouldn't be described i'm definitely not someone who goes around thinking you know i can have quite misanthropic tendencies i I'm very selective in the people I genuinely enjoy the company of. I, you know, there's lots of things where I don't go around loving everyone by any stretch, but I do at least have that where I can connect with. Yeah. That that's my form of, of positivity, if you like, is connecting with that feeling. And then I feel like I can face challenges better because, because I've got a clear sense of, it's like if you don't do that, you don't have a perspective on the good and the bad. You you can lose perspective, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's like, okay, I'm going to face a load of crap today, but I'm going to keep perspective on the things that are going right 
that I should feel good about. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm all for a healthy sense of perspective, um, a positive outlook and yeah, kind of a striving forward looking approach. I I'm kind of on board with all of that. I think it's, um, I think my issues are probably slightly with, yeah, the kind of the group, maybe like the group labeling or group think of it on a broader sense. And, um, yeah, I think I do append it to, um, I've always associated the word with kind of individual actions or the kind of autonomy of others. Um, but the broader things than that, it's like, I, I, there's no, I don't think any, any one or any grander power is responsible for it. So there's no one for me to be grateful towards. And that's because I, I associate it with a kind of, yeah, like a personal thanking. So that's, that's probably where my, uh, where my, my feelings lie with it, but it's been a, it's been an enlightening chat for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think you you know, when the chips are down, that's when the test really comes in. I mean, it is great to feel grateful when, when you've got good things going and, and, but it is, yeah, it's, you need it when, you know, as the Starks said, George, winter is coming and, mm. you know, the, the bad things are always somewhere on the horizon. So it's like, that's, yeah, that's the test really is if you can weather those by connecting, um, with it. So I, I do see it as not, not just something for sunny days, but rainy ones as well. So, so it's, it's like, it's Kipling's if distilled into a daily, a daily session of thinking. It all comes back to Kipling, <laughs> back to England, back to the great poet. Um, uh, yeah. So, how long have we been running for, George? Are we going to? I think we've been we've been cooking for about fifty minutes, I reckon. Okay. Well, we're grateful. The for listeners anyone. will certainly be grateful, won't they? <laughs> I'm grateful for anyone who's still here now. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, G- George, we had a moment where there was a bit of a cutout in the middle of this and you know, you astutely said if it, if it's lost the whole recording, we're going to have to really dig deep and use that gratitude just for this <laughs> conversation. For the test. So, uh, I'm thankful to have been chatting with my great friend, George Taylor. That's why I'm great. At you, boy. Um, all right. We'll catch you guys soon. We'll be back. Yeah. Of course we will. Love, 20 love down. <laughs> One more thing. Just before we leave, um, I got a very quick recommendation, George. Since something I'm grateful for. That's what we do on this podcast. Um, there are obviously myriad books on gratitude everywhere. Um, very hot topic. I am going to stick to a very, very slim, small book by Oliver Sacks, who's a renowned psychologist. He wrote the book, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for uh, amongst many others he wrote a book when he was diagnosed with cancer a very slim book because he was towards the end of his life and it's called gratitude and it's uh just literally bit some on the nose bit on the nose yeah um and it's just literally some uh really moving reflections on his career how he perceived his whole he perceived his whole life and work and uh you know his last remaining sort of weeks on earth um and it's yeah it's really moving so i recommend it as oliver sacks gratitude lovely um i've got uh, nothing nothing to offer on this front so we'll uh we'll leave it there well there you go uh be grateful for one small book on your reading list um all right thanks cheeks cheers guys bye bye